Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 8, I think, of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast and on Apple Podcasts, um, as well as follow us on Spotify and follow us on social media at Instagram and Twitter at Dime Dropper Pod. So for today's recap, I have a lot of our Dime Dropper teams in action. Too many for me to keep up, to keep up with, but... Let's just start with the Clippers losing to the Jazz by a score of 106 to 100 tonight. Our second loss of the season. And it sucks because I watched the Jazz play last night against one of our dime dropper teams, the Suns. And the Suns were just so good. So because we're not going to talk about them tonight because I didn't watch the Nuggets. I couldn't watch the Nuggets game. I'm just going to get them slightly out of the way. Their game against the Jazz, I mean... They were so good with Conley and every, basically anyone in the pick and roll handling the ball. And it's because they're guard. First of all, they're just engaged. The Suns, the Chris Paul effect, we talked about it on the show. It's just contagious. He has a winning attitude and this team is motivated. They're like, we're, we're trying to make the playoffs again. It's been a minute since the Suns made the playoffs and they are playing with belief. They're communicating on defense. They trust one another. They're well coached and they're in rhythm and they found their what they found their rhythm in that's you know that um that high level of that they can get at in what game four and they're already doing this so the defense was just amazing they have one of the lowest i think they may be the lowest going into today opposing points per game and it showed against the suns i mean ayton was doing a better job protecting the rim and they were raining threes from everywhere campaign uh javon carter hitting the mid-range cam johnson i mean the suns and the Clippers got them next, and I am really concerned, man. That Suns team, and D-Book, he had his best game. Even with Chris Paul and Aiton not having great scoring nights, but they had good games, make no mistake. Devin Booker picked it up, getting in the pick and roll, making those mid-ranges that they were giving him, and we know he can make those. And the, and the funny part was Conley and Donovan Mitchell played like ass. But you know the funny part is? I knew, even though it was a back-to-back, that Mike Conley would somehow just it just happen, to ha- happen for him to go off against the Clippers tonight. And that's exactly what happened, just like I've seen for how many fucking years now with Mike Conley. With the, whether That's why the Grizzlies are my least favorite team. Not because of Mike Conley, obviously, but he was part of that team that I, you know, I just can't ever like the Grizzlies. And I just never, you know, I've, I've always been taught in L.A. not to like the Jazz, that they were scum. And so I've never liked them, and I've never really liked their players other than Darren Williams and now Donovan Mitchell. Make no mistake, I have a lot of respect for Mike Conley. But I can't stand the guy because he always goes off against us. And tonight was no different. Pick and roll city. All those floaters he was missing against Phoenix. All those threes coming off screens. It got to the point where we were like, I was like, man, should we freaking trap him on the pick and roll? Like blitz him? Because he was hitting everything. And the clips, honestly, were just getting just get, were getting good shots. but just missing. Like Kawhi and Paul George in the first quarter and Serge. Just missing shots that we always make. But the energy level was there. And then we went to the bench. And, you know, they were putting us in the pick and roll with whether it was Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Donovan, who we contained honestly tonight. 
um, or who's the other one? Ink Jingles. They were just cooking us in the pick and roll, and they were just splashing every single three. I got you. I got a stat for you guys tonight. Reggie Jackson, three minutes minus twelve. Are you serious? And this is it. Like, you know, Reggie Jackson can have his two games against shitty teams where he, you know, catch and shoot Reggie and he looks pretty good. He can make some plays. But when it really comes down to it, we know who Reggie Jackson is and we know what he's about and we know what kind of IQ he has. And, you know, we can't have him in the rotation realistically against real opposition. And Ty Lue benched him very, very nicely. Once again, Ty Lue doing his thing, called great timeouts. I need, I need, I need everybody, everybody that came at me in the YouTube, uh, on YouTube, um, after my reaction to Ty Lue becoming head coach, or, you know, in any video I had slandering Ty Lue, LeBron carried him to his chip, LeBron this and that, Ty Lue may not win a ring, but he's clearly showing he's a legitimate coach in this league, so I want to see all those fucking expert motherfuckers apologize and tell you, and to Ty Lue about how wrong you guys were, because Ty Lue is such a better coach than Glenn Rivers, it's not even funny, but here's the thing, that lineup with Reggie, Kennard, Lou, they were getting picked on on defense, and we went down big, but I love the response, Paul George, especially defensively, in the end of the second quarter, he had five steals in the game, many of those just playing the passing lanes in that second quarter, Patrick Beverly was fighting, this was a vintage Pat Bev game that you would only be able to tell how well he played by watching the game, he was Two of seven, two of five from three though, 40%. Six points, just doing plus 21. Patrick Beverly was plus 21 tonight in a game that we lost. Obviously the highest on the team. And I thought Lou and Zoo were all right. I think we should honestly start running more Lou and Zoo high pick and roll. Maybe that's the new Lou and Trez because Lou's just a great pick and roll threat in today's NBA. He just is. He's got that, he's got that skill. And Zoo's a good roller. And he was pretty good tonight, Zoo. Five of eight. Uh, some some bonehead fouls under the basket, but overall, guys, we know we went down big. We went down twenty, and for us to come back and show that kind of fight, show that kind of heart. Paul George, he had a nightmare game shooting the ball. Kawhi wasn't much better, but PG went off at the end, started making threes. Even though it's kind of trivial, and he he looks good because he ended with twenty five points. I don't think he played that bad because all I want to see is I talked about it in the the, day, the other day. When we got blown out by the Mavericks. It's the way you lose. And tonight, they made me proud. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. I mean, I'm wearing this to bed because I always do anyway. But that's why I'm wearing this shirt and still repping because that team made me proud tonight. You know, I liked what we were doing. And we just missed shots. Point blank. We had a couple bad stretches defensively, but nothing crazy. We adjusted. We really ended that game with heart. And I'm not concerned. The only thing I'm concerned about is that we're playing Phoenix next. And they're a tough team. But you got to credit Mike Conley, Rudy Gobich, and the Jazz. They've won tonight. I hate the Jazz. On to the next. Four and two. It's okay. Matt, once Kawhi gets that mask off, because that he looks like he's struggling a bit with that mask, even though he played well last night. It just it looks like he's bothering him a bit. It'd be nice when he gets that off. By the way, shout out Nicholas Batum. Another game tonight where I thought he was so solid. The guy is like a Spurs kind of player. Like, you know, he just does the right things, man. And he has verse. He can pass and he can defend. He's got length in that pick and roll getting over screens. It's huge in today's NBA. Anyway, let's go to the Lakers who played the Spurs tonight again in the second uh, back-to-back games. Not back-to-back nights, though. And I thought the Lakers played pretty well. 
I thought that the Spurs were really the team that played really well that, that made this game close because Anthony Davis and LeBron were like on it, especially AD. AD was my player of the game tonight, but you can easily go with Braun as well. But AD, who was like, okay, last game, he was just letting it come to him. He was solid. This is the Anthony Davis that when we talk about is he could be the, could be the best player in the NBA on his night. I mean, scoring from everywhere. When he's in threes like that, like off the dribble, just on it, four of six tonight. And then he's, you know, getting into that, that classic mid-range area, 15-footer over anyone that he, he, you know, pick and choose. That, that 15-footer when he's one-on-one, you know, it's one out of two. At least every time, like you're taking your bet, you're taking your chance of that as a Laker fan, and he was getting into that. He even had a nice little jump hook, and I actually like when he goes to that little. It's a little bit not your classic standstill jump hook. It's kind of like he a little bit of a running hook in a way. But I like when he goes to it and he makes it. And I just think that sometimes AD can overcomplicate things. If he just gets a couple of those shots down and just does them all the time, he can do this every night. And I liked he was rolling, getting some hustle points, offensive boards, 34, 11, and five for AD. Two steals as well and one turnover. I mean, fantastic. And then a typical net at the office for Braun. He was bricking, though, in that fourth quarter. And he got away with a little offensive foul at the end. I know he was complaining from and one the whole time out. He shoved it off with his right hand. I saw that shit. But Braun played really well. Just, you know, he's just gotten... You know, he may not be in his peak anymore, LeBron James. But he's in his peak of knowing his game, of his IQ. He doesn't hold on to the ball excessively like he used to as much. Uh, he just kind of knows what to do. He knows how to get his stats. He knows how to, you know, get his teammates good shots, and he knows when to pick his spots as well. And he was just strong taking it to the basket, and he was making every three that seemed like all his shots he was taking until the fourth quarter came up, and he was throwing up some bricks. But at the end of the day, he got the job done. And I think the most impressive part about Braun tonight was the free throws. You know, he started out pretty well so far this season with the free throws, and that concerns me as a fan of another team because 7-7 seven of seven from the line, a triple-double for LeBron tonight, 26-11-10. But the Spurs, especially Keldon Johnson, he was hitting contested threes. I mean, the Lakers were sagging off, letting him shoot, but he was hitting some tough threes. Even DeRozan was hitting threes. I think that was the most impressive part about the Spurs tonight was that DeRozan was hitting threes. And honestly, I love him. You know, DeMar's a local guy, USC guy, one of my favorite college players of all time. I really like DeMar. The only thing is, it's not people think that it's just because he can't couldn't shoot threes is why he couldn't take that next step. Once again, Michael Jordan didn't shoot that many threes. Obviously, better shooter than DeRozan, but Jimmy Butler doesn't either as much. It's all about the confidence and, you know, DeRozan doesn't command games the same way. We talked about the commanding of games, that body language, that way, you know, the effect you have on teammates and the way you know you shy away from the big moments. Like DeRozan in the playoffs any year with the Raptors, he never scared anyone. He never scared me. I was a neutral fan, but like, I did support LeBron a lot at the time. Doesn't scare anyone. Um, but tonight he was good. He was really good. And Dejounte is clearly just a solid player in this league now. You know, twelve points. DeRozan had twenty-three points, three of four from three. So you're not gonna hear that much. But the Lakers got the job done, and it was mostly due to LeBron and AD. But I gotta give some shoutouts. I think Marcus Saul was really solid again tonight. Only only shot one time, but in his twenty minutes. I think Vogel's honestly giving Marcus all a short end of the stick a little bit here because he makes plays on defense. He made some nice offensive rebound taps out to Dennis Schroeder, who again was solid. Typical night for him. 15 points, 6 of 15, 3 of 5 from 3, and solid defense, Dennis. But Marcus Gasol, he just makes the right plays and he makes the right rotations. He's a 7-footer. Montrader got picked on again on defense a lot tonight. He still got a nice 11 boards, but he only had 4 points and 2 turnovers and... He just gets picked on on D, and he's Montrash. 
I think that Vogel is starting to experiment a little too much, but hey, it's the regular season, so it is what it is. Lakers got the dub. Great two wins in San Antonio, 4-2. and two. two easy games coming up against Memphis, so it's a good chance for the Lakers, similarly to, la- similarly to last season, to build some momentum early. So let's go to the final game I watched tonight, and that was the Celtics and the Pistons. And the Celtics, by the way, just to quickly, briefly go over that last game, great performances by the Time Lord and Jalen Brown. I mean, 40... Two points, I think it was. Jalen Brown, again, as I said in the preview, is going to be an all-star this year. It's not even, like, it's not something that's hard to predict or it was hard to read. He's going to be an all-star this year. Stop playing around if you think otherwise. Anyway, so tonight's game. The Celtics, this was, was a very, if you're a Celtics fan, guys, this was a very Clipper-like performance. And I'll tell you why. The Clippers of last season, at least. You come out against a shitty team who hasn't won. My goodness, I just saw that this is their first win. My God. And I've watched the Pistons play a couple of times this season, sadly, because I've, they're playing dime dropper teams. But, you know, you come out and you underestimate a team. You get sloppy to start. Eight turnovers in the first quarter for Boston. Eight turnovers. And you let these guys, a terrible team that's, you know, struggling to get something going, get confidence in the beginning of the game. And when that happens, you know, that stays in the basketball game. They know they're hitting. You know, they know they got a chance to win. You let them go up by 20 points in like the first half, first quarter even, I think it may have been. That's just unacceptable. Not starting games the right way at all. And, you know, slowly because how bad the Pistons are and how solid the Celtics are and how good Tatum and Jalen are. You know, Marcus Smart also played pretty well. He was hitting his threes. He was three of six tonight. I thought that they could still get back in the game, and they did. And we're up five with like a couple minutes left. But you let them get hot. So they weren't going to just go away easily. Let, let's, let, let's just be, uh, here's the guy that you, need, didn't let, you shouldn't have let get hot tonight, Celtics fans. Sadiq Bey. Went to prep school with one of my boys. 17 points on your head tonight. That can't be happening. You know, I, I'm not saying Sadiq Bey is not an NBA player or an NBA starter, because he is. Or maybe, I don't know about starter yet, but he, you know, he's capable of being good in this, in this league and scoring points. But against the Boston Celtics that are you want to be considered championship contenders, that can't be happening. 17 points. And then I thought Tristan Thompson was poor today. I thought Tice was – this was the best game for me, in my opinion, of Tice in a while. I think since the first game because he, he actually was affecting some shots at the rim and you know took some hits to the chest, drew some offensive fouls by going vertically like he does so well. Yeah, he had three blocks tonight. So I thought he was better. But Tristan Thompson, he just didn't really affect the game very positively in the same way he has in some of the wins. He didn't get any offensive rebounds. Let's see if he got any. Yeah, one offensive rebound. He only had five points. That's just not enough. Mason Plumlee had 17 rebounds, and the Pistons had more second-chance points tonight than the Celtics. So I just thought that not good enough there. And then Jason Tatum, 3 of 11 from 3. 11 of 24 is good, 28 points. But 11 threes, that's too much for me. Again, we've been saying it with Tatum this season, and some of them were... You know, at the end of the third quarter, when you're down by eight points and you take a sidestep contested three with Jeremy Grant, one of the best perimeter defenders or best defenders in the league, in my opinion, on you, and you take that to end a quarter, it's that's just not a good shot. Jason Jalen Brown was much better tonight, 12 of 20. He's just been better than Tatum this season. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm still on the team that Tatum is the best player on this team. But Jalen Brown is making it a conversation right now because he's a smarter player. He's better in the mid-range, and he doesn't neglect to take it as much. And he's better finishing around the rim, honestly. 
even though he's not as tall and long, he's athletic and he just goes up strong and he finishes. So right now, I mean, Jalen Brown, one of seven from three. He just wasn't hitting them tonight. He only took one really bad one, and that was with Mason Plumlee on him late. And that was the thing with the Celtics. They didn't score for the last three minutes of the game. They were up five points. Like, Marcus Smart airballed an open three that Tatum created for him. And then Tatum created an open three for Grant Williams, who also missed an open three. And then Tatum missed a wide-open mid-range. <laughs> and then Jalen Brown had Mason Plumlee on him, as I just said, and took a contested three when there was plenty of time on the shot clock. And then he just missed another mid-range. Like, it was just it was just weird. And then the Celtics got two really good looks at the end that Brad actually drew up some nice plays. Tatum opened in the corner. Marcus Smart on a runner. And they just couldn't... They choked. That was very Clipper style. As I said, Clipper-esque. And it just goes back to the main thing you can't take away. Sometimes shots aren't going to fall. It wasn't as bad as the Clippers, honestly, for the Celtics tonight in terms of shots falling. But you can't just come out and do that. You, gave, you embarrassed yourself in a way by letting that Pistons team win against you. And yeah, that just can't happen. The, the turnovers to start the game. Celtics, 21 turnovers. Not good enough. Anyway, 3-3 three and three for the Seas. And very preventable in that game. It should have been 4-2. Uh, and two. Anyway. I'm going to end this with... By the way, I'm going to just... Since I didn't get to the Nets-Hawks game tonight, but I did watch the last one, I'm just going to say this. Very pathetic defensive effort from everyone on the Nets, basically. I thought Jared Allen was okay. This was la- the last game. But, you know, you can't just rely on Kyrie Irving going off in the fourth and KD to be, like, fantastic all game. Also, I like KD that game, almost a triple-double. But um, I don't know how much I love Kyrie just taking over every game in the clutch because even though he's so clutch and so good, I still want Kevin Durant to be the alpha male of this team. If they want to win the championship, I think that's how it's going to have to be. Um, But you know what? They didn't play defense, though. Kyrie talked about it. it, it, Has the NBA gotten better and better? Part three of the finale, I think will be tomorrow if I can finish it tonight. I think it will be out tomorrow because I'm not doing an episode, a recap tomorrow because none of our teams are playing except for, I think, one, and I'm not going to go live for them. But, yeah, it goes back to the thing I said. Kyrie's in the video talking about how there's no defense played in the NBA. Well, he didn't play any defense, and neither did Karis LeVert either the other night. They got lucky because they came out with the win because they're so talented, but I heard that that didn't work out tonight, so I'm interested to see that. But I'm going to close this recap out talking about the Wizards who I didn't watch their game tonight, and I heard they won without Westbrook, which doesn't surprise me, even though they were, they were playing against a weak, hurt Wolves team who haven't won since Cat got hurt, which sucks. But I'm not surprised that the Wizards won, but we need to talk about Westbrook. So I talked about the first Bulls game. Now we're talking about this next Bulls game. They lost 133-130 to 130 last night. A Bulls team whose garbage, who they allowed 133 points to, and once again, it's that same thing where they can't... Honestly, the effort was better. The effort was better. They didn't play with desperation, though, but they played better. Westbrook and Beal were better defensively, especially Beal, who was guarding Zach Levine for most of the night, and Zach Levine was only 6 of 17, so that tells you that he stepped it up. But Westbrook... Let's put it this way. Everybody on the Wizards that's guarding ball handlers and pick and rolls isn't very long, as we said, and Isak Bonga like, didn't even play in this game. So they had no length on the perimeter. So once again, the Bulls were getting into that middle and getting some open threes, 39% from deep, from deep in the, on the night. And Thomas Bryant actually, and this is the sad part, is that the Wizards still lost when Thomas Bryant had his best game of the season. He actually was affecting shots at the rim. He had three blocks, 28 points on 10 of 11, three of three from three. And I thought Beal started out aggressive, but he really fizzled out in the fourth. 
I think, once again, Scott Brooks and his ass rotations. Hachimura came back, by the way. And Hachimura, who I heard had a good night tonight, also in the first game he came back, was aggressive. And he is, this is a real bright spot. Plus 13, 17 points. He was hitting threes, you know, off the catch in transition. Russ was finding him for some. And he was being aggressive on the inside, drawing fouls in the post, too. Five of eight. But he only played 25 minutes. And then Denny Avdi only played 25 minutes. Davis Bertans was fucking ass cheeks again. Because once again, when he's not making threes, he just he's a step behind on defense every time. And they have to overcompensate. Robin Lopez, six minutes, quickly got the boot. I like that. Good from Scott Brooks. Mo Wagner actually played for the first time in a minute. Seven minutes plus, uh, you know, at least a fair plus minus and five points. He was actually good. You know, he was actually good. But Russell Westbrook, so let's start with a conversation about this. Russell Westbrook, you might be looking. Another triple-double, 22, 10, and 11. Okay. You know, the reason why I fell in love with Russell Westbrook as a, as a kid, besides the fact that, you know, he went to UCLA and he's from Southern California, whatever, was he had this explosion, this level of I'm relentless and I'm going to go 100 miles per hour and I'm going to be all over this game. And, you know, at his peak... It was like sometimes there'd be like two of them on the court. This Russell Westbrook that I've seen this year in 2019, not last year. He was going back to being the old Russell Westbrook for a time last year, just attacking the rim. And it's not just because of the spacing that the Rockets had. It's literally just because he was just not taking threes and just getting to the rim. Mental or decision-making, whatever. It's not just because of that. Because he was still playing well even before they traded Capella for a while. Anyway... That relentlessness of Westbrook, he's not doing that. He's going back to that 2019, I'm going to take some mid-ranges. I'm just going to make sure I get my triple-double, and if we win or lose, eh, whatever. Sometimes I'll get mad, and sometimes I'll celebrate. This guy, man, he didn't play that bad. He was 8 of 18. And you know what's funny? Westbrook, who made his living off getting to the rim, he may not. he's not 100% clearly he's sitting back-to-backs. I didn't know that, and it's ridiculous, kind of, in my opinion, but whatever. Anyway... Russell Westbrook, who, once again, I like, mind you, he shot 15, I'm sorry, only three shots out of his 18 were in the paint. So that means 15 of his 18 shots were outside the paint, and it's Russell Westbrook, so you know how that goes. And despite the fact that he actually was hitting some threes, three of five in this game, he missed three free throws in the fourth quarter. Thomas Bryant missed two free throws in the fourth quarter. Bradley Beal just had the ball slip out of his hands on an open layup to t- give them the lead the last minute of the game. Rui Hachimura launched a full court pass, like with five seconds left. Westbrook, again, five turnovers, so barely above a two to one assist to turnover ratio, 11 assists, f- five turnovers. He was the only player on his team in the minus category and plus minus. And once again, I'm not too big on that. And I don't even think Westbrook had a very bad game, but I'm just letting you know that these triple doubles are bogus. He's not doing enough or he's just not good enough anymore. Period. Period. And you know what? They won tonight against that uh, injured Wolves team. But let's, I'm keeping an eye on this. Everyone's going to make excuses about the other guys. Yes, this team is not perfectly constructed. It's not all Westbrook's fault. It's not all Beal's fault. No chance. But Westbrook, this is not, this is not, a good, very great player. He doesn't control any pace. He commands no game. He hits a couple of mid-ranges. He loses the ball in traffic because he jump passes. That's a lot of reason why he gets his turnovers. He jump passes. He's not as good of a passer as everyone makes him out to be or because of the assists. Once again, assists are not always an indicator at all of how good a passer you are. They show that you can make passes, but they don't show what your decision-making really is. At the end of the day, Westbrook, he was better when he's in attack mode point guard, when he's creating off of his attention. And you know what? 
This Wizards team is just not very good. It's just not very good. They should fire the coach. That win tonight's papering over the cracks. I'm sorry if I'm being negative, Wizards fans, for you guys, because Rui Hachimura and, and Denny Avdi are awesome young players. And Beal's a good player, and Westbrook's still a good player. But the expectation may have been too high because we think Westbrook's better than he actually still is. Anyway, that's all for me tonight, guys. Um, I'm going to watch the uh, Warriors-Blazers game, the Nets-Hawks game, uh, after I'm off here. And I'm not going to be on tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll get has the NBA gone. Is the NBA getting better the finale out? And now we're going to go to our YouTube subscribers waiting patiently in my live. Thanks for listening. Tell me what you think of this episode. 24 minutes right on the dot. Shout out, Bean. Peace.